Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Today, we have with us Mr. Wesley Covington. Wesley is one of our current participants in the LIAM program, the leadership program that we run at the Health Sciences Center. LIAM stands for Leadership and Innovation in Academics Matters. And, and Wes is a unique person because he's one of the, the first two groups of people who are coming to us from outside the faculty, but coming from UL Health, from our hospital and clinic systems that, that come under the banner of UL Health. So, Wesley, welcome to Faculty Feed. Thank you for having me, Dr. Rabelais. I appreciate it. So, Wesley, your job is the Director of Clinical Operations for the Department of Family and Geriatric Medicine at ULP. Yes, sir. I've been doing that since about October of 2021. So, were you working in ULP before then? Yes. So, I came to ULP March of 2020. Um, I started out as practice manager at Traeger Institute. Uh, I did so well in such a short period of time, they asked me to leave. So, I was there for about six months. <laughs> uh, after I left there, I went to be the manager of clinical operations. So, I did that, and the role grow, grew and expanded. And once it expanded, it changed the title to the director of clinical operations. And I've been doing that since October of 2021. Well, congratulations on your on your rise here. This thank is you. terrific. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So, Wesley... Um, I'd like your perspective on the, the Liam program in, in terms of how did you hear about it? How did you decide you wanted to be a part of it? My current leader is Miriam Tare. She was in cohort one. Uh, and the reason why I got excited, so she took us on her journey last year. So all her leaders, the managers, and myself as the director, she took us. We read the books. We kind of, we were indoctrinated into Liam. And what made me want to do it is I noticed a real tangible change in her. So she was coming to the classes, doing the work. That's that's one of the things. She she took it for the opportunity that it was. And I was like, man, what is this Liam? It's great. And you, <laughs> I noticed positive changes as a leader and in her as a person. So that's what got me interested in Liam. Okay. Well, I know Miriam from my time at UOP back 2016 to 19, and she was a star back then, I wasn't surprised with the energy she brought into the first cohort from, from ULP. And I'm so glad she brought that back home and, and helped the people she worked with every day have some insight into it, into the things she was learning. She was so excited about the learning that she was experiencing. And I'm glad it rubbed off. Definitely did. And she, she made our department was good. She made it even better. It's more robust. Uh, going through that kind of like I said, walking and going through the journey with her, it strengthened our team for sure. For the past three months in Liam, and we're recording this in, in mid-March. March, yeah. Um, we'll be graduating your class in three months. But for the past three months, we've had a focus on interaction with others. And it, it started with having difficult conversations and how to prepare for that. And then last month, we did some time on other aspects of listening and commitment management and how to, how to interact effectively with people. And then just this week, uh, in this month's session, we talked about um, uh, the, the work that can be done to help to engage 
the people that work with us and, and pointed out that in many organizations and maybe in UOP as well, many people are not fully engaged in their work. They simply show up. The leader has to address those things. And so just so the audience knows, that's where we've come from over the past three months. And so, Wesley, tell us what this three months has been like for you. What kind of things have you learned? And have you put any of those into play? Absolutely. So, you know, starting Liam in general, I thought it was a very good communicator, right? <laughs> I've been promoted several times. Like, everybody loves me. I'm the the, the bell of the ball, if you will. Uh, but Liam has opened my eyes that I don't communicate as well as I thought. Oh. I like dealing with people and I'm excited. So when you do that, I had a very poor habit of cutting people off in conversation. Okay. To interject like, hey, I understand where you're coming from. Let me tell you why. But that causes people to be disengaged in the conversation, right? So you have to slow down, hold. I have to learn to hold my interjections. Uh, and it's helped not only at work and with my team, but at home as well, right? Oh, really? I have a daughter who's a, weeks away from being 13. And so... Right now, crucial conversations are happening daily, right. and, and, and it's very important. She wants. She let me know that she wants to be listened to. After the January session, I believe, I was congregating with my group, and I told them I feel terrible. I haven't been doing a good job as a parent. I'm not listening to my daughter. Oh, my. So on the verge of tears, I went home, apologized, and I began to listen to her. So wow. our relationship has improved, and then on the work part aspect of it, couldn't have scripted this better. I had a crucial conversation before I came. I'm walking past the MA station, letting him know I'm coming to do the podcast. And I see an employee. She's telling me she's fine, but I see tears forming in her eyes. I take her out in the hallway. Hey, what's going on? She explains to me, but she, she starts to cry. And I'm like, listen, you're being hard on yourself. Take a breath. Take a step back. I'm leaving. When I come back, we'll continue the conversation. But I was able to have that conversation because I stopped and I listened to her. I let her get it all out. She felt better, and so when I go back, we'll have a more robust conversation. But just what I'm learning from Liam, and specifically the communication portion, slow down, listen, make good, strong points in your conversations. Arguments need to be grounded. Feelings are subjective. You need to have facts when you're, you're talking about your arguments. So uh, Liam has done wonders for me, I think. I've gotten feedback as well, so... To tie back into the beginning of the podcast, that's why I wanted to join Liam. I'm not good at a lot of things. I tell everybody, you kind of probably will wonder why I'm moving up the ranks. It's I'm I pride myself in my paying attention to my people. I try to do well and write by people. So that's kind of my hook and my leadership thing. And yeah, I, I go through and I talk to my staff, my teammates daily, try to talk to as many of them as possible and really make that investment in them because it pays out tenfold. Uh, I try to be there present. Like when we're in Liam, you need to be where you're at in the moment, enjoying the journey and soaking out everything that you can. So I try to apply it to my day-to-day -day life. Wesley, will you tell us more about like what your role is and what what does a typical day look like for you? A typical day looks like that day. So um, as director of clinical operations, I am right hand to Miriam Tare. She's our executive director. Um, and so what we do is I make sure I'm a support person. So I can't, you don't want me seeing patients, but what I do is I take care of everything for the provider. So credentialing, issues with staff, um, just anything I can do to, to take down barriers for them to be able to see patients. Uh, we're wanting to bring on any new projects, like if we want to give Botox or just any new procedures, I coordinate with the billing office just to, Make sure that when we do it, we have all our ducks lined out in a row. 
compliance is on board with it. We don't want to get sued. We want to make sure we're doing everything properly. And uh, I'm just a support person. I try to make make the workspace as conducive as possible for my docs, my APPs, and, and the team. Let, let's talk about listening. You, you mentioned two powerful stories just now, one at home, one at work, um, how uh, your awareness now about the importance of listening um, came through. And, and as Stacy pointed out, you recognize that and you did something about it. How many times are we guilty of thinking about what we're going to say, cutting people off, and um, not fully giving credit? I know the only time I ever get in trouble at home, because <laughs> it's just me and my wife at home now, the only time I get in trouble is when I cut her off or I finish her sentence for her. Don't finish Karen's sentences. I mean, that's just no, no. Wait until she's finished. And, um, and, and so the listening is a skill for everywhere, right? It's a human skill and it's for all of us. So, um, let's talk about, um, some of the other things that we touched on th- this past couple of months. Let's talk about the, um, how do you how do you know that you have a commitment from somebody? Like you you have something in mind that needs to get done. How do you assure that that commitment actually is heard, understood, and gets acted on? So you can attack this a couple of ways. So if we're talking about maybe a project, uh, again, you just get right to it. Hey, we need to get X, Y, Z done. Can you commit to doing this for me by this date? Again, taking ambiguity out of it. Because we are all so busy and there's so much going on, uh, we have to have deliverables, and I give them to people, and I also need it for myself so I can make sure that I'm moving the ball forward. So to get a commitment, I, I communicate with, you know, the VP or the frontline teammate, whoever it is, about what I want, tell them what I want, when I want it, yeah, and ask them if they're able to do that, and then negotiation may happen. So if it's too much, if I'm asking for too much too soon, all right, I have a little wiggle room. I'll give you another week. Does that work? Yes or no? Okay, I'll check in at 10 a.m. Friday morning. And I try to hold myself to commitments. I was a few minutes late to this commitment because I got a little lost. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm very hard on myself and I want to show up and be authentic and be who I'm supposed to be, who I tell you I'll be. Um, so I hold myself to the standard so it's easier to get other people to see that and do it as well. And I have a great chair. My chair of my department is phenomenal, outstanding. Like I said, my executive director, I'm following kind of their guidance and their leadership yeah. and growing as a leader. And so they, they got me in that direction, kind of showed me the pathway on how to set commitments, how to follow through, what to do if people aren't meeting. Um, again, my executive director does a wonderful job saying, hey, we agreed on this day and time. I didn't get the deliverable. How do we move forward and fix it? And how do we not end up in that space again? So I've just been soaking up like a sponge from her for three years. That's great. So, um, you know, people watch us as leaders, and, and we we cast a shadow. We talked about that this week, mm-hmm. and it's great that you are attentive to managing your own commitments that you make and following through, because people are watching that as well. And and if they see you not meeting the commitments, then what message does that have for Absolutely. them? Absolutely. Right? Um, I had a, a teammate tell me that she's listening to podcasts now. She's like, I hear you when you're talking to me. You're telling me. She's like, I know I struggle with some of my communication. So I've started to look and listen for some of those podcasts so I can be more effective uh, when I'm communicating with this specific team member. She's a phone team member. So she has a lot of contact points with providers and other staff members. Are kind of, She's a conduit to some of our communication. She's like, 
it's it's really been working, you know, me putting some of the things you're telling me into place, and that just makes me feel phenomenal because unlike at home with my daughter, I can see my work coming through, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you might have to wait on the almost 13-year-old. Yeah, that, that few, return on investment few... may be a decade from <laughs> That's now. That's exactly what yeah. I was just going to say. Connections don't really line up to the early to mid-20s. <laughs> yeah, my so, daughter okay. will be, what, 26 next week. Okay. And yeah. so, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah. Well, we're... strap on your seatbelt because yeah. the next decade is it's the wild the ride, decade, right? Yeah. You'll, it'll come out. It'll, it'll be well, all you're right. You're going to be a better dad and a better husband as a result of the things you're you're learning and practicing at work and now at home. My wife tries to tell me that. I don't think she wants to give me full credit yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. So she's she's in suggesting that maybe you, Wesley's different? Absolutely, absolutely. They, they, uh, everybody I think I deal with sees it. Um, Dr. Becker, my chair, sees it. So it's, you know, it's it's coming through. Well, that's great. Mimi's making me a better person. Let me ask you this. Have you ever worked for a boss that really didn't get this what was that like how'd you feel when that happened a great point so it shaped me to try to not do this but it just makes you feel anxious all the time right it makes you less engaged you're in the back of the boat you're not engaged you're probably actively disengaged for myself when it was me that's kind of what it was it made me start to look outside the organization that i loved but leadership is unique and extremely important because it's the day-to-day contact you are Sounds crazy. It's not teaching, but it kind of yeah. It's it's shaping lives and people's attitudes and the culture of your organization. It's super important. Um, and like you said, Doctor Rabbit, like you're always. I tell everybody when you get when I can see you, you're on stage. I mean, it's that's right. From the moment they they've laid eyes on me in the morning, I'm either emulating a good behavior or a bad one, and I try to stay cognizant of that at all times. So when I had a poor leader, I just was actively disengaged. Um, Went from loving my job, wanting to get up in the morning, to dreading on the weekends. Friday night, I'm already concerned about Monday morning, right? So um, it's huge. And and having somebody who just isn't a a good leader, will it it costs in in dollars and cents because you lose great employees. I've had poor leaders as well. And, you know, that whole anxious, like, all right, do I say something? Do I not say something? Like, you don't have that team activity right you're afraid to talk or you don't want to say hey i don't think that's right or you don't want to share and on top of that so crucial conversations are difficult in any form yeah try as going up when you go up for the crucial conversation it's Ooh. really difficult oh my, so, yeah. yeah yeah that that's that's a, a difficult place to be in if you don't have that psychological safety you are not going to share your ideas your thoughts your and your organization isn't going to improve because your employees are scared to be truthful good or, leaders set the table on that too so again i feel like i'm talking all about mine currently but my leader does that she lets us know we're meeting hey safe space says you won't have some tech but you can say whatever you you want to this is a safe space and that that allows for your team to, to, to be better and to thrive and grow and develop uh, future future leaders. How do you take on the role of, of coaching and mentoring all the, the individuals that, that work for you? That is a wonderful question. Um, I start with my manager, so I have four managers. Um, really, I guess you could say six or seven, because I like to think of my team leads, you know, succession planning, all the good stuff. We're building, so bring as many people under the tent as possible. Um, and then it's getting more and more difficult as Miriam kind of phases out. But I try to um, have the one-on-one touch points. Two, three minutes, 
times 60 is, you know, a lot, but oh, yeah. it's worth it. So my father's taught me since I was a young kid that you'll get done what you need to get done and you make the priority for it. And so I, I take that to heart with my team and, and my department because somebody took opportunity and took a chance on me. So I want to give that same opportunity to everyone else. Um, and some of it is their interests as well. So if people tell me they're interested in leadership or then I say, Hey, do you want to get something more formal, more time going so we can talk about it and what the path looks like? Things I've done has been successful. Things not so much uh, resources, some stuff in Liam is, is great material. So, but the way I kind of go at it is just making it time. I mean, you're right. It's not, I, I spend a lot of time after work doing work because I give my day to day time to my staff. I think that's a great question, Stacy, because in doing the research for the for the programs that we presented, we have found major organizations like the Mayo Clinic and like Google that have really focused on this issue and being available to provide some career guidance and development is an important part. Being able to coach uh, people through whether it's through an acute issue like you ran into this morning or if it's a broader issue, those are key skills that leaders just have to have that the employees really want. And it drives their engagement, the team efficiency, team productivity, retention. Everything gets better if you do what Wesley says he's doing, <laughs> right? And so it really is true. And, and it's not simply, you know, somebody's ideas. These have been tested and, and it's proven. This is what people want from their leader in a work environment. And quite honestly, it's sometimes it's difficult because people aren't used to it. So wow, I'm very, about that. I'm very transparent. And again, my leader is as well. And sometimes I think people don't believe it. I'm like, no, I promise you know everything. There's certain things at certain times you can't know yet, but sure. I tell everything up that you can know. And my team, they, I guess they're not used to it. So it's hard for them to believe it. I'm like, I'll probably, you know, I will be as transparent as I can oh, at all times. It's, it's difficult. We always ask our our guests what you want the listeners to do after they hear this episode. So next week, after hearing your story, what would you challenge listeners to do? So for me, I would like to have everybody have a conversation, a crucial conversation, or if you don't have one of those come up, just a conversation and try not to interrupt. Ah. It's been the biggest thing for me. And I think we all think we do that until you actually do it one time, because I just knew nine months ago. I was the best communicator ever. I listen. <laughs> I'm outstanding. And then I did it once and I was like, ooh, I'm not I'm not as good as I once thought. So uh, continuous learning is what we're all doing. So I challenge everybody to just listen with no interruptions. Even if you have to take notes, do that, but don't interrupt. You'll find the conversation more meaningful and you get more out of them. Well, that's a great suggestion. Wesley, thank you so much for joining us for today on Faculty Feed. We've We've enjoyed having you in Liam as a participant from UOP. Um, it's not surprising that Miriam is the influence <laughs> on you because she was influencing a lot of people in that, in that group last year. Uh, so thank you for taking time to come on over and talk perspectives on, on Liam, but mostly on how do you interact with other people, Absolutely. including 13-year-old daughters, right? <laughs> That's the most challenging thus far, but it's also the most worth it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, Wesley, thank you again. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. 
Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at factfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.